Pod. Three, two, one, sing. Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Evening, boys. And Ham. Daddy ho. And your host Hamish with the band is back together um, after that drubbing of um, the Melbourne Storm on last Saturday night. Yeah, last Saturday night, uh, which I uh, unfortunately didn't watch because I was watching Night at the Museum three um, with my children. Doing the right thing well, with the youngins. That's with uh, Nick Cage, isn't it? Uh, is it? No, 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 that's National Treasure, not the museums with Ben Stiller. Uh, um, all right, well, let's jump straight into it. Eels 22 to the Storm 10. Four tries, Ferguson with the double, Dunster with one, and Joey Lussick getting that game sealer in the 63rd minute. Um, it was a long way out to be a game sealer. Um, but looking at the stats, 51% possession to the Storm's 49%. We completed at 90% to the Storm's 69%. So 37 from 41, Storm 29. Nine from 42, all runs. Uh, Storm outgained us by 100 metres. They had an extra 10 post-contact... Oh, sorry, an extra... What's that? Seven post-contact metres. They had seven line breaks to four. We had 34 tackle breaks to their 29. And average play the ball speed. They've only gone... They've, they've done away with the decimals. They're only up to four seconds for us to three, three seconds to the Storm, but we were laying all over the Storm, according to Bellamy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh... kick metres, 724 to the Storm's 495. 100% kick defusal. Um, and then, sorry, uh, so making extra 60 odd tackles, then missing 34 to our 29. Ruck infringement, Storm had one to our four. Inside 10 metres, three to the Storm, two to us. Storm conceding six penalties to our three. Uh, Melbourne having 12 errors to our 11. So, um, looking at that, it looks like we uh, won in most of the stats department, um, especially in that completion percentage. And you don't see the Storm completing it under 70% very often. Um, how did you boys see the full game? I've only watched the extended highlights, and I'd planned to watch the full game last night before sleep. So, mate, I'll it start was... with you. 30, 40, ham. <laughs> no, they're going to flip it. I'll go last. It's all right. I'll go last. <laughs> no, so the game will go backwards. Watching it live, like, just the – I had to watch – I've watched it four times now. Um, once a day, I think. That's – yeah. Um, but just because, you know, watching it live, the emotion, like, I went through every emotion possible just – Excitement, anger, like every that's my range of emotions. <laughs> um, but just like I could not believe what was happening, and then I knew we'd won it when uh Poopenhausen went for that. We it was a seven tackle set, usually Melbourne absolutely racing, they are racing out to get to that 20 meter line, and yet he j- was jogging and then went for the kick and missed it. Um, you know, you you, you look at this team and you, you go, How does that Parramatta team beat Melbourne? And I know a lot of the um, media talk post-game has been, oh, well, Melbourne were off. Melbourne have, Melbourne can have off games and they can still win by 20 points. Mel, you know, but I don't think Melbourne had an off game. I thought they had a pretty good game. And then Parramatta's, is, uh, to plug another podcast there, 40's TCT podcast, the uh, instant reaction, Parramatta were violent. Just the, the aggression in everything that they did wore Melbourne down, tore Melbourne down, and they just, that forced errors, which is, and then they had to play catch-up. And um, I think you saw when Melbourne play catch-up, we've seen it in the past, they get dirty. Um, Poopenhausen and Munster were laying down. Um, I thought that Eisenhuth, um, when he did the Undertaker, eyes rolling in the back of his heads after Brownie uh, grazed his beard, not the chin, the beard, um, I thought that was very unsportsmanlike from them, but that's what they're not used to losing. And bearing in mind uh, that Craig Bellamy leveled the accusation that the Eels were staying down 
to yeah. get penalties in this game. I think that just goes to show that like Bellamy is a very like to get the storm to where they've been for the past two decades, obviously it's him and the systems he's put in place. But copper loss. Every other coach can copper loss and go, another team played better. This prick just can't cop a loss. There, there's a lot, a lot of like that with Trent Robinson too, right? Where uh, they will be very pol- like very, very political, very politician-like. A lot of double speak, where it's look at what they do, not look at what we do, and you know they're they're guilty of very much all the things they're accused other teams of. Yeah, I think didn't he say the same thing um, in the round two loss against them, against us? Yes, he. That yeah. wasn't the first time he's accused us of laying down for a penalty. Uh, just, yeah. Anyway, we won. <laughs> we won by twelve. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> That's yeah, well, my piece. Um, anybody that we want to wrap direct, or I'll, I'll let you go first, buddy. I was going to say I I recall in in the tip sheet that Ham was shut out before saying that I was actually excited for this game because there there was so much to gain and not much to lose, even though the narrative was completely reversed. You know, we had George Burgess on the Matty John show saying it was a lose lose proposition. Oh, that was a Cowboys game saying it was a lose lose proposition for Parramatta. But no one gave us a shot, right? And and you know. Even even myself and Sixers were saying that a competitive loss would be a great outcome, but you know you're still shooting for that win. And geez, the boys turned it up. And uh, like I said, there was you know the violence in the contact. It was the speed of the attacking movements, and it was the desperation for the loose balls and for the scramble defense. And they just they brought it. They wanted it so much more than Melbourne to the point that in that final twenty minutes, the point where Melbourne usually just run away with it against anyone. Uh, like Cam said, it wasn't it wasn't just a twenty minute restart that the Pappenhausen you know jogged up for and miscued. They were just slow off the ground. Their their defense was getting picked apart. They couldn't get back ten. It was um, outstanding. Oh, sorry to butt in there, forty, but no, there was in. a point there where um, Penasini took the tackle on the last when he probably should have passed to Mitch for the field goal. That next set that Melbourne had, they weren't making any meters. No. They didn't want to make meters. No. Yeah, and, and so in a way, the, the, the Penasini gambit on the last where I, I think he just wasn't confident passing the ball from the base, I think, because we saw against the Raiders, I think it was, where he had a very errant pass from dummy half late in a set. So I think he just backed himself to turn the ball over or, or score, which is fine. Yeah, I, I just loved it, um, you know, and started in the middle, and that's where a lot of the guys in the media have gotten credit deservedly. Junior Paulo, the numbers don't say it's a career game. The tape does. That That is a career-defining sort of performance. He was just brutal. Same with Nathan Brown, outstanding. As I Papa Lee looked awesome. Uh, on, I, I would have wrapped our edge back rows, but the poor boys got wiped out. You know, Sean Lane was okay and then got knocked out. And then Murata Niakore was uh, very good defensively with Will Penasini and then got uh, copped a, a fist in the face from Brandon Smith, right? Um, yep. the, the referees missed that got caught up when he couldn't get up and was bleeding. So, yeah. For- no, they saw it. They just decided not to um, sin bin him like. You know, we've seen in the past, and it's happened a couple of times to us. Yeah. And is is the rule. Incidental contact and leading to a player being uh, put in the HIA. Yeah, usually it's a sin bin. It's a sin bin. But not, not against Parramatta. But yeah, loved what the forwards did. Uh, I really like how the back line fed off that. You could see the energy. Like I said, the speed of the back line movements was there. We showed some new shapes. Well, not new shapes, but sh- shapes we haven't really been using much that put Melbourne in two minds. Uh, we saw some of the, the double block stuff that we used to do with Michael Jennings down the left, and we used it down the right. Um, but we used our middles instead of the centre-back roller, which was really cool. And that gave Guffo a lot more space to operate in. So that was a, a really great uh, mix-up of shapes there. And, you know, just the guys that haven't been good, Blake Ferguson, Hayes Dunst has caught a lot of criticism. They both had good moments. They both, you know, and in Hayes' case, he also let in a try being too close to Wanga Blake. But the desperation for them was there. Like, you could see that that was Fergo switched on. 
and we haven't seen that for a long time. So, yeah, credit to all the boys. Credit to the coaching staff because they caught a great game, um, and that, that really sets the benchmark for the Eagles for the remainder of 2021. Better go to town. Not surprised, motherfuckers. I tipped us to win, even though, you know, I talk a lot of shit on the podcast, but uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel as though, you know, 20 in a row, like you'd think the boys will fire. I don't know. They might hate. They must hate Melbourne because they always play well against them. You know, they always, you know, tried and... Yeah, they they put a, they put a lot of effort. Like I think I knew we were going to win um, when that cover tackle from Dylan Brown. Like he could have gave up any moment, but I the fact is he tried to the end. And he, he's mate, the best cover defender in the NRL. I mean, people have leveled some pretty fair criticism of him offensively, which he started to work on recently. Was he had a great game there in the last two weeks? But I don't think there's anyone that that gets back from the other side of the field against the fastest blokes in the NRL consistently is Dylan Brown. He he just wants that. He's awesome for that regard. In that regard. Hey, 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 Junior Polo just chased out. Well, that's true. The, world, the world's fastest man now. He's got the hey, second fastest man now. Second fastest yeah. man. Junior Polo is the fastest man in the yep. world. <laughs> so his big, meaty hamstrings. That's why he didn't get – that's why Junior's hamstring didn't <laughs> give out. Uh, just too big meaty. to fail like the, the US banks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, like – it's it was a good performance. Like we we literally scram- I scrambled defense. You know it was great. Like um their first try. Like you just know. I think the players are just they're just it's been drilled in their head. All pre- it could be just all preseason and whatever since they've been there. That we've got to rush in. We've got to rush in because it, it literally comes second nature to them. Because Hayes uh, readjusted at half time and he stood at, stood back a bit and yeah like that, that's a really important note too, Bertie. I I mentioned it when we were chatting live in the game uh, on online is that you could see that the adjustment made at half time. Hayes was too close to Wanga Blake uh, consistently. He was right in his pocket and Melbourne Storm were exploiting it by putting him in two mines and getting the ball out um, past him. But after half time, he made that adjustment and there was a, a moment in the second half where they uh, would have been, was it Lumi Lumi? Yeah, it's Lumi Lumi, right? That was down that side. Yeah. And they, they drove yeah. him to touch him and Wanga and then Dylan Brown coming over the top. And you know what was also great about that play is you had those three players pushing him out. And he, even though he, he was out and he offloaded the ball, Mitchell Moses was there mm-hmm. to pick it up. Yep. It was mm-hmm. that desperation. It was that urgency. The fullback Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Fullback Mitchell Moses doing what fullbacks, you know, what most fullbacks should be doing. You really see it coming across, pushing hard. And just, you know, that urgency. That's what uh, that was, was different about this team this week. Yep. And um, also. It's back to what the. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I was going to say the Pinacini, like he got shown up by Olam in the early, but he, he readjusted it towards the end and he made sure his tackle stuck and made contact. So, you know, it's another learning curve. You know, he's come up against some great centers this year, um, Bill in reserve grade and first grade. So, yeah, he's just uh, building the uh, profile up, essentially. I think we got back to our best, which is power game up through the middle. Those quick rolling play the balls and just rolling up the middle of the field as opposed to all this sideways crap that we've seen for the last... You know, six to eight weeks. Um, that's that's where the best of our game is, and it's something that I'm glad that we went back to. And and two of the players that have been under the pump um, since Origin, um, Junior Paul and Nathan Brown, they really took it upon themselves to to completely take it to Melbourne Storm. And I think they outplayed um, all the Melbourne board pack, which is, yep. is a pretty difficult thing to do. Yeah, well, when you're talking about Christian Welch, who is um, one of Queensland's best forwards, um, Jesse Bromwich, captain of New Zealand, like. Uh, they're two very good front rowers. Yeah, that's yeah, the- almost ill, Christian Welch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very close. It wasn't for ACL. Then we don't get Reagan Campbell Gillard. So interesting, interesting sliding doors moment there, isn't it? Also, can I just so say Christian- how? Oh. I was gonna say how overrated is Harry Grant. Seriously, like I don't know, like he's done nothing this year, and like the fact that people talk him down, I talk Reed Marnie down compared to him. Like he threw a forward pass, like and he's not tired. Like this was like in the first thirty minutes. This guy is overrated as shit. And okay, he made the Tigers look good, but 
Mate, put some respect on Reed Marty. He's not even playing and his stock is rising and this guy's is out the window. The thing with Grant is he said to me he's like a Damien Cook. His running game is very good. Probably the second best in the game just behind Damien Cook. But when it comes to other when their forwards aren't rolling, which Melbourne usually do, he's got to do that a little bit more. He's still young. So, you know, that part of his game might progress a little bit further. But, you know, if you're talking about all round game, like Reedy's not the best run of the ball, but he can still run the ball. Um, probably argue he's the best kicking dummy half, but you know, just yeah. I I wouldn't say Harry Grant's well actually no, it probably is overrated. You're right. I love the hot takes, boys. But no, I, I think it's not so much a hot take. I feel like uh, he is very more perhaps than any other dummy half. He is guilty of overplaying his hand, uh, and you saw that against us, where he was really pushing the envelope of those passes. He got a couple caught up and could have had a few more as well. And the, the Eels did a great job nullifying his running game, and that left Melbourne with not much traction for the middle. Yeah, it's always difficult, and you know, coming out of Tigers, he got hyped up something massive last year. So it is, um, it is interesting. It is did, interesting the note that. Uh, last year at the Tigers, relative clean skin uh, against us with Melbourne. All of a sudden, the the grubby jiu-jitsu shit starts coming in. So that was bad. That mate, that, that is bad. He, he looked at his legs and then put his knee in behind um, Makatoa's knee. That's how he only escaped with a fine. Jeez, come on, seriously. But anyway, back to positive Parramatta. I reckon. I reckon dead set. We could probably go down one to seventeen with this. Yeah, with this game and just give. Everybody a rap. That's what that's what, that's what myself and sixties ended up doing. Honestly, they're just you know even you know perennial uh, players that we've been you know nitpicking like Sean Lane. He, I was going to spring up Laney. Like I was watching the game again today. I was really watching him. The post contact meters he was making. Yeah, like he every time he was going into it might not show up on the on the stat sheet, but he was pushing through tackles. He was really pushing through. I thought he was trying really hard. He ended up playing in the first half, didn't he? Uh, yes, he played thirty eight minutes, I think, or something to that extent. Was it? Yeah, thirty-eight minutes. I was right. So you know, he's nearly made a hundred meters in that in that opening stanza there, and I don't remember him making any, if any, defensive errors or defensive lapses, which we usually see from Laney. So I thought probably his best game all year, and what a game to to do it in. Yeah, right time to be peaking for your form for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the last given that the the outs this weekend to be a. I think even before the Storm game, said so he was going to rest most of the top line players for the game against Penrith. Um, it's nice to get that that win before just to build a bit of confidence in the team. And what a, you know, up against the Storm, who are the best attacking team in the competition, the best, well, not even just the best attacking team in the competition. Historically. The best attacking team since since Parramatta 2001. Yeah. And it's also in a year when the rules do favour these top teams to score more points. Yep. Uh, but also the second best defensive team in the competition. We the, kept this team scoreless for 50 minutes. The history in this game, like Melbourne Storm, such a big game team, such a milestone team. Kafusi, Felice, Kafusi's 150th NRL game. You know, all this stuff on the line, the, the 20 game streak. And yet the Eels were the ones that showed up when the spotlight shone brightest there. Yeah, and I, we left a few points out there. If Mitchell Moses takes that bomb over Poopenhausen, yep. there's another six points. Wonga Blake with the grubber kick from Mitch. If Cardi catches that run around off Blake, yep. there's another four points. You know, so there's a few points still out there. And then and, all those all those attacking kicks that Melbourne weren't interested in contesting. Oh. That, you know, we if we just bring him down and then look for a, an offload after instead of the bat back. Because we got inside Melbourne's heads with those kicks. They didn't want yeah. anything to do with Dylan or Mitch's long uh attacking kicking game. We also started off in the beginning of the game, um, which is a bit different. We were aiming for about a forty twenty because usually we just bomb it, but we'll kick it to the sidelines more. And you know, it's a prefer for um, 
fresh air because we just bombed and hoped for the best. But um, yeah, it was, it, we we tried something different and you know it worked. And um, as I said, you know last week we were joking that if we keep them under twenty, you know it's a it's a win on its own. So the fact we kept them under ten and like yeah, they they tried everything. They literally we, we they tried everything to score and we just you know we we're just there stopping everything and. Yeah, look, as I said, line breaks. It was like four nil within the first twenty minutes, and and it was getting ugly. Like everyone's going to say that this was going to be a bad result, but mate, it just shows you like line breaks don't don't like convert to points if you got a good uh, scramble defense. So yeah, I was saying exact same thing live, Birdie, because they're going, oh, um, you know, I think we we're up six nil at the time. They're going, oh, but Melbourne are up at the line breaks five to one, or it might have been six all. And I was just like, yeah, but you can li- break the line. You only make ten meters after that. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. We were just and um, another comment I heard was from Fitler. He was um, admonishing our halves, which I thought was a bit weird, saying that um, the transition between attack and defence, um, Melbourne were making a lot of meters, which you know they were making a lot of meters in certain sets. But I thought those um, meters being made were when you know we were batting the ball back. Yeah, exactly. That, and that, Melbourne had to be there, you know, against that unbroken, the only, the only against one that that defensive line. Directly attributed to Mitchell Moses was the Jerome Hughes one, where he tried to find the line, uh, the in goals for a line dropout, but Hughes intercepted the kick and made that break, which resulted in Dylan Brown and uh, Keegan Hipgrave gunning down uh, Nico Hines. So, yeah, you know, these long-distance things, if those unfortunate seven-tackle sets, like um, Wanga touching the ball... Moses knocking it on and going over the dead ball line. Uh, you take those ones away. Maybe we look at catching the ball instead of batting it back. Sometimes, yeah, I get it. I understand a bat back if we're on the try line. Yes, um, if we're twenty meters out, you know, there was a point there. One catch out. and run, catch and off. Nobody was around him. Nobody no. was in his ten meter range. Yeah, he has a chance to take off for the goal line and then either score himself or find the support. Yeah, so and he bats it back and just those things. But other than probably the bat backs. I don't think you can get a more perfect game, to be honest. All right, well, we'll wrap it up on that comment. Um, yeah, I haven't watched any NRL recently, so I didn't watch the rest of the games this round other than seeing that awful shot from the trail on um, on Joey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I've got to tell you, yeah. footy isn't interesting to me anymore. Like, outside of yeah, Paramount, no. I've got the game on, but I'm not really watching it. I watch if I hear a moment or something, I'll look up. But... I'm not like a couple of years ago. I was like watching games 80 minutes because they were interesting and uh, everything. But I just feel like with the rule changes and it, it just inconsistent rulings within a game, it's like it's really hard to watch at points. I mean, you look at that Latrell Mitchell tackle was worse than um, Maddo's one uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Maddo got sent off in three weeks. It's like Maddo's was just a shoulder to the head. Okay, it's 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 not good. I'm not saying it's a good tackle, but Latrell was like the swinging. Like it just it just makes it, it just wonders what like what like. Certain clubs get looked after. Like I could say, you know, I could be calling, you know, uh, conspiracy theory. But when I saw that tackle straight away, the replay, I was like, "That's worse than Maddo, and it has to be worse than Maddo, like in terms of punishment." So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's a rugby league. It's a lottery, you know. Yes, <laughs> yeah. The judiciary and match committee has always been a bit of a wild card, one that doesn't usually favour uh, teams that aren't, you know, glamour clubs. Yeah, but um, he he certainly copped his medicine with the six weeks off. Um, but yeah, it, and Henry, Henry Perrin, I think. Um, stood down for our game in the video ref box. Um, hopefully that helped us out on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, but yeah, um, obviously it, it was pretty clear cut that it was a send off. And I understand why play wasn't stopped straight away. He's playing advantage, and you're allowed to do that. Um, and that's generally what they do. But once it was spotted, that's it's as clear a send off as you're going to get. Yeah, and it's so frustrating. We went through what that uh, that stupid magic round where every 
tiny bit of contact was a send off. If you looked at someone, yeah. If you looked at someone, the wrong way, we get to this point. There were some very odd calls this week in general, though. I don't know if you guys watched the Dogs versus Manly, uh, but Joe Simpson got pretty hard done by trying to mm. tackle. Was it Marty oh, Tepper? Yeah, I, I feel like oh, that. The, I feel the like PC police. I feel like that was well. <laughs> aside from Brandy's weird comment, I thought that was a pretty disingenuous interpretation interpretation of the rule. Like yeah, the, that when would, you got your hair going halfway down your back, you gotta. Yeah, and the guy's going to make a regulation tackle. If the tackle's on the ground and there's clear, you know, grubby elements going on where you're, you're pulling a dread or a braid with the intention of hurting someone, that is where you penalise. But I don't know. All right, well, let's um, jump on to uh, is there any else news? Oh, oh yeah, just judiciary news. Uh, Junior Paul Essex had a week. Um, and was it. Uh, and Stone, he copped the fine, is that right? Uh, Stoney, yeah, he got a fine, I believe. And then there was a little bit of not signing news, but signing rumours were linked to Tyrone Peachy. Yeah, and Fergo. Um, and, yeah, there's talk about Fergo maybe re-upping for a year. Back. Yeah, uh, And um, yeah, Murata going to the Dragons? The Dragons yeah, were looking Dragons. at him, yeah. I, I would be surprised if Murata departed, though. I feel like the club will prioritise getting him done, I hope. I hope so, too, because I think um, pop him and Papaliti out on the edge – think he can do a lot of damage there with some hard mm-hmm. running out on the edge and then he maybe bring Cartwright on. You got that ball plot, jeez. And, and the fact that Murata's just incredibly versatile. Guys that can play – I mean, he's like a young Ruben Wick in that regard, isn't he? You can play prop, centre, edge back row. Like, that is worth a lot to a club. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I misspoke. It was Nathan Brown who was fined. Brown, for okay. A, yeah, for – Careless high tackle. Yeah, the, there wasn't much in that one, though. And the, the junior poor shoulder charge, I think I know where it was. I was surprised they charged him for it, though, so mm. – Oh, well, it's not too bad. Junior was going to get rested this week anyway, so. Yeah, that's right. So it's just a further excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I just say Tyrone Peachy, budget Will Smith. That's, I, I think that's probably yeah. a little bit of a harsh evaluation. I, I think Peachy uh, brings a level, it's a little bit like Bryce Cartwright in that uh, he's not a superstar by any means, but the, he's an awkward player to defend. Uh, he, mm. he can break a tackle and, and cause a little bit of havoc, which, you know, so if, if we're not going to be able to get a superstar, which seems to be what, what that's indicating. We haven't been able to land, you know, Katoni Stags or something like that, whether it's be for a lack of wanting to, you know, splash out unre- like beyond what the budget says or whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like guys like Peachy aren't a bad hedge against that. Uh, there's something that, like I said, they're awkward for opposition teams to defend against. And uh, the, if it's not an X fact, they just bring that little bit of uh, uncertainty to the opposition defense. So I can understand why the Eels might be interested in Tyrone. I view him like similar to like Ray Stone. He can play anywhere in the in the forward pack or besides prop. Like he can play, you know, he, he spell Nathan Brown. You know, um, you know, a few minutes. Let him play a bit of um, lock. He can play center. So like I view him and Stone the same player. But um, yeah, because like we, we, let's just say we sign him. Like, is he guaranteed the fourteenth uh, the fourteenth spot on the you know is he the, on the bench? Like where does that live? Will Smith, you know, Ray Stone. Like because you can't have Will Smith and. If you you sign him, he becomes your presumptive 14, I believe. But you you can also start him at centre if something goes wrong out in the centres. Exactly, Uh, yeah. So, like. So, but yeah, the way I'd see it is that you'd have uh, him as your back row utility, like your lock centre utility, and then you'd have Cartwright as your edge utility. And those two Mm -hmm. guys just give you heaps of flexibility, and then you just pick your two best forwards after that, assuming that everyone's fit. I just look at it, you go, depends how much. That is the big big question. Yeah. Because he, he wanted 400. The Titans were trying to get him for 200. So the answer would be somewhere between the two as usual, those sort of things. Plus, he could be wanting to come back down to Sydney, so he might be able True. to get him for a little bit less. I'm not sure what his family situation is like. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't advocate for the signing, but I'm not against the signing. Yeah, th- I think that's where a lot of fans are at, and you can understand. All right, well, let's look at the upcoming round of action. So the Eels, oh, shit, we've gone out 
thirteen dollars now. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it's like Dogecoin, man. We keep rising. <laughs> say, if someone got to the uh, moon, <laughs> if someone got Penrith just after we beat uh, the Storm, they'd be getting pretty good odds. But <laughs> yeah, he'd be uh, oh, yeah. especially given that Brad Arthur already intimated that he was going to like this is prior to the Melbourne game was said that he was going to rest by us. So. Yeah, I think we were yeah, well, clearly was up. sort of hedging his bets, wasn't he? Whether or not he was going to rest players, but his name pretty much full strength team. Yes, clearly his name the full strength team. So I, I think he even said before the game that um he doesn't really care about the minor premiership. But then why would you go to the yeah, game? No. full strength team? Yeah, someone against the team you knew that was going to be not full strength. Yeah, I mean someone cares a lot more than they want to admit. Yeah, they're probably. Um, all going. right, well, let's go through this team list then. Yes, sir. Uh, so for Penrith, Dylan Edwards, fullback. On the wing, yes. Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto. Yes. And is Paul Momorowski and Matt Burton. Halves uh, is Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. In the forwards, Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris. Apostai Corsair at nine. Villami Kicker and Kurt Capewell, second row. And Isaiah Yo at lock. On the interchange bench, Tyrone May, Scott Sorensen, Davida Pangai Jr. That still irks me that he was, yeah. Doesn't sit right, does it? Um, it's very mercenary. Yeah. Well, not even mercenary. I just think that's a clear loophole that's been exploited, um, and it's something that shouldn't have been allowed in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> not against Penrith. Penrith are just taking advantage no, of the NRL having dumb rules. Don't hate the players, hate the game sort of deal, right? They, they did the right thing for their premiership chances. Um, just absolutely insane that the NRL allowed it to happen the way they did, You know, pushing the window back a full month and then, you know, encouraging mercenary behaviour. So unless they change it, this is going to become the norm. You're going to start seeing guys that are out the next year that, you know, have already signed elsewhere ring chasing and joining one of the big three or four clubs. And, you know, well, if- I think they've all, I don't quote me on this, but I think I read somewhere that they're thinking of extending it even further. So wow. it's even going later in the year. Well, then why why even have a cutoff? Sound, sounds right for the, for the, for the, the NRL. Why, why would you even have a cutoff? You just say if, if, you sign if you want to get out of your contract and go somewhere 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 else. Should, they should have like minimum played three games before the finals to be eligible. Don't they do the same thing for like New South Wales Cup? There, essentially, there, there, like, there are qualifying factors for cup and yeah. flag and whatnot. Um, extended bench: Spencer Lino, uh, Isaac Targo, Taylor May, and Mitch Kenny. Uh, then for the Eels for the main course. Here we go. Give it to me. <laughs> at fullback Hayes Perham oh. on the wings. Hayes Dunster, Blake Ferguson. So we've got full strength wingers. Uh, at centre, Tom and Michael Oldfield. And then in the halves, Will Smith gets to captain the Eels uh, for the first time. So, well earned for Will. And Jake Arthur returns at halfback. In the forwards, we have Oregon Kafusi and Makahesi Makatoa getting a start. Joey Lussick at uh, Hooker, rather. Um, second row is Bryce Cartwright, uh, Keegan Hickgrave, and Raymond Stone at lock. And then on the interchange, Sam Loizu gets a. Uh, that's his NRL debut as NRL well as his club debut. Yes. And Kai Rodwell, is that his club debut as opposed to his NRL no, debut? NRL debut for Kai, I believe. NRL as well. Okay. Sean Russell uh, Sean Russell, and Sean Lane as well. Um, so Sean Russell, that's his second game. Yes. Uh, we're playing a winger off the bench. That's great. We're playing uh, two backs <laughs> off the bench. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Backs. I was going to say, Loizu. Yeah. Uh, then the extended bench is Will Penasini, Isaiah Papali, Nathan Brown, and Dylan Brown. Um, so with Will Penasini going on to that extended bench, do you think he'll get a crack at centre when he comes back? I, I think that's. I think they're saying that they're protecting him. That he's too important to risk. I don't know. Will he be able to get back in over Oldfield? 
Well, oh, think, 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 about, think about that, though, that a free game rookie has been deemed too important to risk. That's pretty cool. That's that, like that's the highest praise a coach can give you, yeah. that they won't throw you into a dead rubber because you are too important to potentially winning a premiership. So that's a – yeah, I, he'd be, he, I hope he's, hopefully he's chuffed about it. He'd probably be annoyed that he's not playing, knowing it's a young kid that wants to just play footy. But, yeah. Well, especially because, you know um, – uh, Rias Rhinos, Jake Arthur, and Sam Luigi. Yeah, he could have had the the quartet. Yeah, the, and all then the boys also Sean together. Russell joining in from the um, Parramatta District reps there. Yeah, can I just say one thing? People saying that we're taking the piss have not looked at that team sheet closely enough. We've named That's Keegan true. Great yeah. second. We, row. we have put the streak on the line. Lost the game for the Eels in yep. first grade. Put the streak on the line. So that, that's how serious we are about this game. Keegan undefeated in the NRL in blue and gold colours. Don't talk about blue and yellow though. He didn't have too much success for them. So, but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm really cool. I'm happy with this team list because you know we we know I'm some so, of our players. I couldn't be happier. Some of our players are really. In fact, the only I do have one criticism, but even then, it's understandable. It's that Joey Lusk is playing. I would have put Joey on ice if possible, but we don't really have a lot of resources at dummy half at the moment because Nathaniel Roach and Reed Money are both out for the season. Obviously, if Reed was healthy, he'd be rested, and, and Lusk probably gets the start as normal. But the only other option here would have been. Uh, playing Will Smith at, 80, uh, at dummy half, which would have been pretty tough on him. Well, I'll tell you, if, if Wiramu Greg was in the bubble, assuming he's not now because he, has, because he hasn't been picked, I'd say Ray Stone would have gone to dummy half. Yeah, that would also be a fair alternative too, just uh, get uh, Ray 316 to work dummy half. But unfortunately, just, yeah, lack of resources because of the bubble and injuries. So can I put- I just Sorry, Forty. No, you yeah. go, mate, you go. No, I was just going to say, you know, you said earlier George Burgess went on um, – before our Cowboys game, saying it's a lose-lose for Parramatta. This is a lose-lose for Penrith. Yeah, yeah. If, if they don't come out and absolutely smack us by fifty plus, ride them off, get rid of them, kick them out of the competition. <laughs> they're they're not going to win the comp. I mean, I, I laugh, but there is an element of it too because this is their final tune-up for the finals, which you, and they're going up against a borderline reserve grade team. We've we've literally rested all our core players, and but barring the wingers who, you know, can use the extra work just because of, well, Hayes has swapped edges and Fergo's just coming back from injury. So there's and no is it also there. like those two, how long are we going to play them for? Fergo might yeah, get well, that, yeah, that is an outstanding point is that they, they might even just get 20 minutes, like, depending yeah. on how the, the game's going. Um, and we'll just throw Russell. Well, Russell's going to play one wing for sure. And Loizu, I assume, will play wing, but he could also play centre and bump Oldfield out to the, the wing too. Crazy. This team is absolutely insane, and I love Brad Arthur. <laughs> I mean, like last time we played, last time we played them, we lost by two points, and this Perth team has uh, Cleary coming back, so they've gotten stronger, and we've literally one point. We lost yeah. by one point, didn't we? This is field. like the equivalent of like the NFL preseason, uh, the first preseason game in the trial. Like you literally have no one playing. You have literally a bunch of bums, people off the street playing. Like this is Winnie essentially. Like. <laughs> you can whether you like it or not, you can say oh Fergo and Hayes are you know um a first set uh first wingers, but Hayes started off and Winnie in the sorry I keep saying Winnie. It's it's ingrained because of the part yeah, the partnership was there for so long, but yeah the the yeah, captain and even Blake Ferguson and mate Oldfoot could score five tries this week. He's still not, we're not we're never forgetting that game against Manly. So like like I said this this is like a reward for the players because and look whether or not these players are going to be here next year you know whether or not what's their deals. It's like an audition for them, so other clubs can tune in and be like, "Hang on, we might, you know, offer this guy a top thirty spot." So, you know, it's just reward for being in the bubble for that long, and you know, let them let them steam off. That's why I'm expecting the youngsters to come out firing and you know start bashing people. So, yeah, yeah. So a nice run for uh, some juniors. Uh, do you want to give a little background to to some of our um, two debutants there, Sam Boys? Who I know you spoke about him a lot, Forty and Ham. 
I'm coming up through the juniors and Kyle Rodwell. Sure. Uh, Ham, do you want to start with Samuel? Because uh, I'll start with Sam. Um, so the first time we saw Sam, uh, we'd have been playing uh, 5-8 alongside Jake Arthur in the Harold Matthews. Um, don't get me on the ear because I can't remember. But they were playing in the halves. Um, did quite well, but made the grand final um, where Sam played off the bench. Um, and then the next year, he was moved out into onto the wing, which surprised us all. Um, and it was, you know, probably to toughen him up a little bit. He's got a, as a half, you want him to run the mm-hmm. ball to the line um, and take those hits. So getting him on the wing, doing those kick returns, um, probably toughened him up. And then from there, um, he's played a range of, he's played wing, centre, 5'8", could probably play fullback. I think that's his preferred position. Personally, yeah. So yeah, he's got a lot of versatility to his kit. Um, you know, good athletic prospect. I yeah, think, I think he's like the youngest you, out of all those. Of, of all probably around. not built for an NRL first grader currently. But when you put him into context of being a nine, the youngest nineteen-year-old in the competition. When I say that he's a, a late birthday. Um, That's right. Yeah. So he was the, he was always the youngest player in his competition. Howard Matthews, SG Ball. Um, Jersey flag when he come up, he was always the youngest um, in that um, in those competitions. So, uh, but just yeah, very athletic, tallish. I'd say what 190. So what's best? Yeah, two? I'd say like high 180s, 190. Um, the only criticism on on Samuel is he get, gets nicked up a bit. He hasn't yeah. been able to stay on the field for long stretches because it's never anything super serious. But he's had like some just bad luck injuries. So this is an awesome chance for him. So we're really keen on that. And Kai Rodwell, this is one that I was really cheering on alongside Makahesi Makatoa because he was awesome for us in the New South Wales Cup this year. Uh, picked up off the street, uh, I think, like at the end of the preseason. Uh, I don't think he was with us for our proper preseason. We got him off the street right before round one or early rounds. Um, worked his way into the starting team at lock forward. Uh, really rugged unit. I think he's mid-180s, 100, and, 100 kilos and change. And yeah, just great engine. Had a knack for scoring tries with a nice little hit and spin. Um, was really good for us in reserve grade, and, and a big part of the reason why our forward pack was so dominant alongside Makatoa, uh, Wiramu, and Augie when he was down there too. So that's a great reward for him, especially considering that as a fringe, I mean, I say fringe, but you know, a fringe NRL prospect, you know, going to the bubble, that's a huge commitment. There, there is no chance or no promise, no guarantee that you're going to be playing first grade, and you're, you're taking a real punt, and this is a great reward for him for a great individual season and, and for taking the risk to go up into the bubble. So well done. Um, I'm going to say that Kyle Rodwell played the first round with the Western Suburbs. Mac that, there you go. Yeah, exactly. We picked him up literally off the street for post round one. Um, sorry, did you guys mention where Kai has been playing a fair bit? Lock forward. Lock forward. Okay, yeah. so too easy. So at least we've got what's that one forward off the bench? Maybe? Two, two middles: Sean Lane and and uh, Kyle Rodwell. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect Lane to get yeah, much well, time. Yeah, that's that's uh, the thing I think is he'll probably play second row. Um, I don't think Keegan hit great. Mac- Macca consistently played sixty minutes plus in uh, Reggie, so he's got a bit of an engine on him. And Stoney was an 80-minute player in reserve grade, so they'll lean heavily on the starting pack, I dare say. Um, same thing for kicking hip grade, capable of 80 minutes. So if that's the case, you can you can use Rodwell and even Lane, just pure middle rotation. So very interesting to see how they do use that because Oregon could use the minutes for sure, and this is a chance for him to make a statement after arguably falling behind Makatoa in the depth charts. I've got to ask, right? Start of the season, realistically, did we? Did any of us expect like the likes of Jake Arthur, Pinasini, Louise now, uh, Russell, to all, or even McIntyre to even debut this year? Like, were we like realistically thinking any of them? Like, because this is like back to like a few years back when we had like five debutants. You know, like yeah. are they ready or? Well, Ham and I have been banging the drums of Pinasini for 2021. We were both in agreement that we think that he he'll get 
a look in at some point and just a matter of how he can handle the week-to-week physicality and the grind. And so far that's looking positive, but it is still you know early in his career. I, pretty, I think everyone else is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I know that Luizu... You know, it was just a matter of staying healthy to get an outside look in, but it, you know, he didn't see too much football in 2021 uh, because of the competition being suspended and whatnot. Uh, Russell, I don't know, Ham. Russell, what do you think? I, I thought it was about another year off, to be honest, from getting um, a look in. I thought, actually, going into the season, I thought he might get one or two games, which he will have got. That would be right in the scope of that, yeah. Um, and they've both been off the back of injuries. So. But then you look at the wingers we had, so um, probably wasn't expecting him to get game time, you know, realistically, probably not, no. And I'd argue that... And Louisa, definitely not. And, and I'd argue that was, Jake was almost 18 months ahead of schedule, just, you know, necessity saw him thrown into the action, and he, he did some good things. He, he had some struggles, which is what we all expected, and, and unfortunately for him, he, some of his struggles coincided when the team started to you know, have a downturn, which sort of exacerbated things. So Jake did some good things, and it's easy to forget that because of his struggles later in the piece, but in Magic Round, he did some really good work, including scoring that try, and He'll be better for it and going back to reserve grade in 2022. What about Makatoa? Like, I didn't know who this guy was until the trial against the Dragons. I was like, who's this guy playing lock? Matt, we did take a break the whole time. So. I think we would have been saying exactly the same things we are now about Makatoa last year if it wasn't for losing that season. Um, we had a chance to talk yeah. to Ryan Carr in the preseason of that year, and he brought Makatoa with him from Mounties. And Makatoa had also gone to England with him too. And he said, you know, this, you know, this guy is a real solid player. You know, he's going to do some good things for us and he'll help a lot of young players in this team. And lo and behold, this year, because um, we, we got the same in one or two trials that season, and then we didn't get to watch the first week because it, cl- it clashed the first grade, I believe, and that was the only game they played. Lo and behold, in 2021, best forward in the competition in the New South Wales Cup, you know, averaging pretty much 200 metres a game, 35-plus tackles, offloads, tackle busts. Guys has got a huge engine, big ticker, and he's got that sneaky athleticism. You know, he's not he's not a massive prop. Like, he's big, but he's not thickly built like some of the other props, but he's just got good athleticism. So, yeah, th- there were signs saying that he'd make an impact in the NRL, and I'm, I'm glad to see that he's followed the path of Andrew Davey before him and been a, you know, an impact mature age rookie. All right, guys, well, let's get to predictions, uh, starting with you, Bertie. Yeah, um, oh, we got a win. Uh, yeah. 26-20. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I reckon we can win. We can win this, surely. If we can beat Storm, you know, who like, um, the, you know, the untouchables, you know, the unbeatables, I think we can beat this team. You know, this is Penrith Panthers after all, like, you know, just, just we just got to frustrate the shit out of them. So I'm going to go Hayes Perham first try, first touch from a kick. Oh. And um, oh. yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I, just I should have stopped. Return or a uh, attacking kick? I think someone's going to do a little chip and like it's going to be like on tackle three. Oh, trick yeah. shots coming out in this game. I like it. Yeah. Well, this guy, you know, he doesn't have an image on NRL.com, so we don't know who he is. He could be anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to tip an Eels win too, as improbable as it seems, given that Penrith have absolutely loaded up this week. Um, as per last week, I, I, any sort of competitive result is an incredible result for these young lads and, and the fringe boys getting around this week. So why not back him to get the W? So, but he went 26-20. Yeah. I'll go 32-18. First try scorer. What's a spicy pick in this team list? Give me one second. First try scorer. Uh, I'll go with the captain, Will Smith. M. Going to be a reverse. Going to be 13-12. Bryce Cartwright, three tries. Three tries, no, con- no conversions. No conversions. <laughs> Who gets and the field, field goal? goal from Jacob Arthur. Jacob Arthur, okay. Eels 52, Penrith 6. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Score four tries. <laughs> yes. Only four? Protect the streak. And first try. Scorer. And bag four tries. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, all right. Well, uh, I mean, other if, outside if, uh, uh, Arthur's taking the piss, you might as well. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, pray for everybody's fantasy drafts this weekend. Um, hopefully, uh, no more injuries come out of the preseason for NFL. I did mine with my brother, news? and uh, he, someone took J.K. Dobbins the pick before him, and <laughs> we're not too happy right now because uh, unfortunately Ooh. he's being yeah, wiped out for the season. Yeah. Um, I'll do my fantasy yeah, and pray for my draft this week. So I'm all right. Yeah, I'll be doing it Sunday. I always like to do it the weekend before because that way, you know. Yeah, you can, you can, you can avoid avoid those last trial injuries. <laughs> uh, um, and pray for my puppy dog. Uh, I thought she'd uh, ingested some plastic that went up yesterday and today. She's been at the vet. Um, turns out she just strained her back. Um, so $500. See you later. For sore back. Yeah. Oh, man. Were you hoping that the uh, they come with, through with the $300 for the vaccine? <laughs> yes, fingers crossed, because I'm fully vaxxed. Um, but I don't think they will. Why would they at this point? Um, all right, we'll keep safe in lockdown. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing Eels put on a half century against Penrith on the weekend. Damn Could you right. imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> and then we'll get ready for when the real football starts the weekend after. Yes, sir. All right, well, cheers. We'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. See you later, boys and girls. Have a good one. Thank you.